Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, February 14th, 2019. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is your home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information now on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, what else is new? We have more Celtics drama. They just cannot escape the drama this season. I have a feeling... Uh, we're going to be talking about Celtics drama up until the beginning of next season. All right? We, this stuff is never going to go away. We have more Celtics drama. And, yes, it does involve Kyrie Irving. I'll get to that. Also, since I last talked to you, we got some NFL news that could be Patriots-related. A couple big names available. Will the Pats get involved? I'll talk about that. And spring training has begun. There's some news out of Fort Myers David Price changes his number, so you got jersey news. And you know I love some good jersey talk, and um, we also have to take a look at some point. We have to forget, not maybe not forget about the World Series championship last season, but we do have to at some point move on from that and get into this year's roster and what the team's going to look like. I'm not going to dive too deep into that today, but there is one thing that a lot of people in this town are looking at with this Red Sox team and it's something that they're missing, so I will share some thoughts on that. And David Postanak, the Boston Bruins, lone all-star this season, David Postanak. He is out with a thumb injury, out indefinitely. He had surgery on his thumb on Monday, and I kind of think he's getting off easy in this town. Maybe it's because the Bruins aren't really the top story with the Red Sox back to work, the Patriots just winning a Super Bowl, and all of this Celtics drama that I'll once again talk about today on this show. But before we get into it, as you know, it's Valentine's Day weekend. And by now, you've heard all the ads for chocolate-covered strawberries, oversized teddy bears, and bouquets of fruit. What the hell is a bouquet of fruit? Look, you and your significant other will be having a few drinks this weekend, most likely. And your significant other might not be feeling so hot the next day. So, here's what you do. Get them the perfect hangover remedy. With IV League Hydration. IV League Hydration has a new store in Selty. Or here's the best part. They can come to you. Check out their different IV Hydration packages right now at IVLeaguehydrate.com. That's IVLeaguehydrate.com. Jump on the IV together this Valentine's Day weekend. And once they are done with it, you'll both be feeling like a million bucks. So look better, feel better, and definitely perform better this Valentine's Day with Ivy League Hydration. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet, BetOnline. .ag and presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, February 14th. I'm recording today's show a little bit later in the afternoon than I usually do. Uh, And I teased on Twitter earlier today that... I had an interesting conversation today, and maybe I will have some news for you soon. So stay downloaded, stay subscribed, 
Keep listening. Keep following. I could have some news very soon on something. And just to clarify, I tweet that out. Some people are texting me like, oh, is, is something going on with, you know, something about Kyrie? Oh, what's happening with the Red Sox? Are the Patriots doing something big? Is Gronkowski retiring? No, I'm not talking about any inside information with anybody on any team in any city for any sport. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about myself, my career, what I'm involved in, a transaction that I may or may not be involved in. Could be some news soon. I'll let you know. So uh, keep listening. But forget about me. Enough about me. It is... NBA All-Star Weekend, and I will be paying attention to NBA All-Star Weekend. I can't guarantee you that I'm going to watch the skills stuff on Saturday night, but I will watch the game on Sunday. And the question, not just around the NBA for people interested in the All-Star game itself on Sunday, the question is really, you know, also for people here in Boston, more specifically here in Boston, it's, will Kyrie Irving play? Will he play in the All-Star game on Sunday? Kyrie Irving has missed the last two Celtics games because he suffered a knee injury last Saturday night against the Clippers. You know, that loss against the Clippers where the Celtics blew a 28-point lead. Kyrie left that game early with the knee injury. It was sort of a non-contact, didn't look good. The only good news is that right afterwards they said he was day-to-day. And also, it's his other knee, not the knee that he had surgery on, uh, at the end of last season, and then again in the off season, it's his other knee. So it's kind of good news. Um, and I guess you could say it's good news that he hasn't been ruled out of the All-Star game on Sunday, so that does confirm that it is sort of day-to-day, and it's not anything that's going to end his season. But the question here in Boston is, should Kyrie play in the All-Star game if he is That's the question. If he's 100%. Danny Ainge was on 98.5 The Sports Hub today on this Thursday, February 14th. He was asked a question, and he said, look, if Kyrie's 100%, then we have no problem with him playing in the game. No problem with him playing in the game. You know, there's obviously drama that comes along with this because of Kyrie Irving's contract situation, and also because of the way the Celtics play without Kyrie Irving. The Celtics, since Kyrie went down on Saturday night against the Clippers, yeah, they blew that game. But the Celtics have now won two straight games in Philly, and then at home against Detroit, they've beaten Philly and Detroit two straight games without Kyrie Irving. And you see some confident play from Gordon Haywood. You know, you hear Tommy Heinsohn on the broadcast talking about how Gordon Haywood... You know, he's he's playing with confidence, but but not just that. It it it's that you know, he's not second guessing any any decision out there. Like he you know, and he's not really playing second fiddle to anybody out on that court. Um and it's benefiting Gordon Haywood's game. Some people will say without Kyrie, the Celtics look real really good. You know, maybe maybe they shouldn't have Kyrie. I saw a, a clip from Colin Coward on National Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Television, where he says Kyrie's a me first guy, you know, he's a he's all about himself and the Celtics are a are a team that plays like a team because their coach Brad Stevens is only really used to coaching teams that play like a team. His first couple of years in the NBA and also going back to being a a college coach. And Colin Coward says that maybe it's best that the Celtics and Kyrie Irving part ways. Now, I don't agree with that. And and the part I don't agree with is that I don't agree that the Celtics are better without Kyrie Irving. 
you know, don't, don't kid yourself. Don't go into this thing saying, oh, you know, they play better as a team. You'd like to think this is a team sport, but it's, it's a player's sport. It's an all-star player's sport. It's a superstar player's sport. And, and the superstars in this league, more than any other league, control it. And, and they control it to a point where not only do they control what happens on the court, they control what happens off the court. They control what happens in uh, the upcoming offseason. They control what happens in offseasons three or four years down the road. They have all the leverage. The superstar players in this league have more leverage than any superstar player has in any professional sport. It's a, it, you could say that's my opinion. I don't believe it. I, I think it's a fact. I think it's a fact. Kyrie Irving has leverage. He could become a free agent this summer. You know, he has not committed to the Celtics. Uh, I, you could say what you want about what he said to season ticket holders earlier in the season. I, I, I've already gone over all the Kyrie Irving stuff with you on this show. You can go back and listen if you want how I feel about it. I don't think Kyrie owes the Celtics anything. And, and I feel like he believes he doesn't owe anybody anything. He doesn't owe the media anything. He doesn't owe the Celtics anything. He does, Kyrie, is, is he seems like a businessman. He, he feels like he does not owe anybody anything, and he's right. He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think he's committed to the Celtics. Does he, does he know that he can get more money from the Celtics if he waits till July 1st? Of course he does. Of course he knows that. Does he know that the Celtics can give him more money and a bigger contract than anybody else? Of course he knows that. But at the end of the day, if Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play for the Celtics, if he doesn't want to be in Boston long term, then he won't be. And the Celtics really have no control over that. They don't. They have no control over that. But because of his whole situation, right, because of Kyrie's situation and even the way the team looks when he's not playing, especially most recently in these last two games, all of this stuff combined, and you can add the Anthony Davis stuff into the mix if you want, but all of it combined, you know, it it, it leads us to the question, should Kyrie play on Sunday in this All-Star game? And it, it it's an added, it's some added drama, right? It adds to the drama. Look, normally, under a normal circumstance, like... Normal circumstance, let's say Kyrie Irving had two or three years left on his deal, right? And the Celtics were, you know, had, had one of the best players in the league, and he had knee issues last year, and he's got a knee issue right now, and the ultimate goal is to win a championship, and it's, the, it's to win a championship right now. And under normal circumstance like that, I would tell you today, days before the NBA All-Star game, I would tell you that Kyrie Irving, under no circumstances, should be playing on Sunday. Under no circumstances should be playing Sunday. He, 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 he shouldn't play. That's under normal circumstances. These are not normal circumstances. The Celtics do not find themselves in a normal situation. It, you know, this is a unique spot. Um, this is something that, you know... You know, I, I can't remember the last time, and I mean, some people might point to things that we talked about with Isaiah Thomas going to All-Star Weekend and maybe trying to recruit Al Horford. Oh, this is completely different. I loved Isaiah Thomas. I liked Al Horford. I wanted to see Big Al come to the Celtics. Um, but 
make no mistake about it, they are not Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. And the reason I bring Anthony Davis into this now is because, like I said, this is not, you know, normally I would say Kyrie shouldn't go near this game. He's got a knee injury. Sit out. Don't play. But this is different. This is not normal. Kyrie, the Celtics fan in me, regardless of what everything's looked like and sounded like over the last month, two months, I want Kyrie Irving to come back to the Celtics. I want the Celtics to be able to sign Kyrie Irving to a long-term deal. And I then want the Celtics to trade for Anthony Davis. Like, everybody in this town, I think, wants that. Though, again, there are some real nuts out there who believe the Celtics are a better team without Kyrie Irving. And I don't, I don't mean to, to take your opinion and throw it on the ground and stomp on it and smash all over it, but I just think that, I mean, Kyrie, the talent that he provides is, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want Kyrie on the Celtics, regardless of how they play without him. I just, I just don't think they're a better team without Kyrie Irving. I don't, I don't think that makes sense. I don't think you could take just a, a couple games and the way some of the younger kids play without him and say they're a better team. I mean, I, I do think you've got a clusterfuck of really good players, and I think you're in a situation this year where you had a couple of your top players return from injury, and it's set back a couple of the younger players that proved themselves last year that probably feel like they deserved an increase in playing time, not a decrease in playing time. And I think, like I said, it's a clusterfuck. And, and maybe Danny Ainge should have seen this coming, and maybe he should have did something about it if he didn't want it to be an issue at any point during the season in the locker room, right? The Celtics have some issues. Well, you know, I think it's behind the scenes, but I think that's leaked onto the court. And has it leaked into maybe the future of the team? Possibly. Possibly. But the, the, the fan in me, when I'm using my brain, Kyrie Irving makes the Celtics team a championship contender. Okay, he does. He does. And you can't convince me otherwise. So I want Kyrie Irving to return. I want him to sign the deal. But I don't just want that. That's not the only thing I want. I don't just want Kyrie to return. I want Kyrie to be the reason that Anthony Davis says, and his agent says to Danny Ainge this summer, okay, give us a 24-hour window to talk about a long-term extension if you and New Orleans can agree to a trade. Like, I want... Kyrie Irving's long-term presence with the Celtics to mean that Anthony Davis would be willing to sign a long-term extension with the Celtics. Now, we could talk about trade chips all we want, but you can't give up a lot for Anthony Davis if he wants to run off to L.A. the next season. So you got to get that little, that sort of Kevin Garnett situation where you're able to get the window to talk to him and and get him to agree to a contract, right? That's what you need. You need that window. You can get that window. But Anthony Davis is going to have to want to sign up long term. You know, my fear is that if Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be here and he's going to the Knicks or he's going to the Lakers, you got no shot at getting Anthony Davis to even give you the window to talk about a long-term extension because he knows he doesn't want to come here now. Right? So I want Kyrie and Anthony Davis. I want Kyrie to play on Sunday. I want Kyrie to recruit on Sunday. The NBA All-Star Game is like a recruiting competition. That's what it is. I don't want Kyrie Irving sitting on the bench for that. I want Kyrie out there showing off his skills, doing what he does, 
Go try to win the All-Star Game MVP, for crying out loud. LeBron picked you on his team. Go win the All-Star Game MVP. Go show Anthony Davis what it's all about once again on All-Star Weekend. Get in his ear, talk to him, and, and show him what he could be doing for the next four or five years in a Celtics uniform with you. Go recruit. And don't do it by sitting on the bench in street clothes. Put on the uniform, get out there and play. Again, under normal circumstances, normally I would say don't go near the court, don't go near an all-star uniform, don't even make the trip. Stay home, rest up, you know, you banged up, you know, there's something bigger at play and it's a championship this season. And I'm not trying to tell you that a championship this season isn't on my radar. It is. But obviously you have a better shot to win a championship if you can somehow convince Anthony Davis to want to come to the Celtics long-term. And if you can do that, then if you're Danny Ainge, I think you should consider giving up, you know, a pretty good trade package to New Orleans for Anthony Davis's services. But I do think it's going to take Kyrie signing here long-term in order for you to get Anthony Davis to have the interest to want to do the same. To give you that window and then leads to the trade. Right? So I want Kyrie to play Sunday. I want him to recruit Sunday. I don't want him sitting on the bench. I don't want him icing that knee back home. I want him out there playing. I want him out there recruiting. I want him out there showing Anthony Davis what it's like and what you could have for the foreseeable future. Go get it done. It's a recruiting competition, and in a recruiting competition like this, I don't want the Celtics sitting on the sideline. Go go make it happen. Now, for all we know, Kyrie Irving is going to be out there telling Anthony Davis, hey, I'm going to the Lakers, uh, you should continue to tell the Pelicans that you're only going to the Lakers because I'm going to the Lakers, and this is what it would be like to play with me and LeBron in L.A. For all I know, he's doing that too. But let's say for the sake of the Celtics argument, if we all still believe that Danny Ainge does have a shot to bring Kyrie back and, and get him to sign the deal, Because, you know, the one thing, again, the Celtics have going for them here is that they can give Kyrie a bigger contract than anybody else. And I'd like to think that that at some point still matters to Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to call him selfish for that. It's like, good for you. You can get the big, you know, get the most money you possibly can. You put a gun to my head right now, I'd say that Kyrie is considering leaving. I, I, I don't know that it's... I mean, I don't know that it's more than 50% either way, if that makes sense. Like, I really don't think Kyrie Irving has made up his mind. I know I floated out that Lakers thing like this was a plan with him and LeBron, and maybe it was. My point is that I just don't think Kyrie has made up his mind yet. He He's not committed to the Celtics. I don't think he's committed to the Celtics. That doesn't mean he's not going to come back. That doesn't mean he can't, you know, look at the money that's going to be given to him and say, eh, that's, that contract's nice, and it's more than anybody else can give me. And, oh, you think you could trade for Anthony Davis? Okay. You know, it's possible. It's also possible, though, that he that he that he leaves town. You know, that's a possibility as well. I don't know that he's committed to anything either way, but but his non-commitment for right now, he's a Celtic. And you know, if you think he's, you still get a shot to to keep him around, I want Kyrie playing on Sunday and being a part, a major part of the NBA's greatest recruiting competition, the All Star Game. It's what it is. <laughs> and uh, again, under normal circumstances, I'd say, I would say stay as far away from this game as you can. If you're Kyrie and you got a knee injury, 
Stay as far away from the game as you can. But this is not a normal circumstance. This is not a normal season. Uh, this is not going to be a normal offseason. Danny Ainge has a lot of decisions to make. And as I wrote in my column in today's Boston Metro, which I also linked on social media, uh, since I talked to you on Monday, I actually changed my tune on the Jason Tatum stuff a little bit. Not, not too much. I told you on Monday, Jason Tatum, and I've told you this many times before, that Jason Tatum is untouchable. Unless, I told you Monday, unless, you know, you had you knew you were signing Kyrie long-term, and the only way you were going to get Anthony Davis to sign up long-term and trade for him was to add Jason Tatum to a package. I told you on Monday that at that point, I'd say, fine, take Tatum. Only if you got Kyrie locked up long-term and only if Anthony Davis is going to agree to sign long-term with you after a trade, or you get a window to negotiate with him before a trade, and you get you come to an agreement with both Kyrie and Anthony Davis on long-term contracts. At that point, I told you on Monday, at that point, if it's going to take Tatum to get that trade done for Anthony Davis, then you do it. Then you do it. But only for that. Only for that. You know, I've had a couple days to think about what I said on Monday. And I, I'm not. it's not like I was on the fence. It's not like I'm changing my tune too much. But, you know, the more I think about everything... And the more I think about other teams' offers to the Pelicans this summer and what other teams could, could bring to the table, you know, and, and how the players have control. Kyrie controls his own destiny. Celtics really don't have control over what Kyrie does. They don't. Anthony Davis, he controls his own destiny. Celtics really don't have any control over what Anthony Davis does. They don't. You know, if he's telling the Pel- if he wants to tell the Pelicans he's only playing for the Lakers, well, Pelicans lose leverage. And, you know, there's going to be teams that are not going to give up a lot to acquire Anthony Davis. And, and so at that point, maybe somebody does just rent Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is gone. There's nothing a team can do about that. You know, they, they, they control their own futures. Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. And the more I thought about that this week, the more I thought, well, maybe it's time for the Celtics to control what they can control rather than sit here and worry about, and then this summer worry about, you know, where's this guy going? Where does that guy want to play? How much does he want? All right, you can try to keep Kyrie around. You can try to bring in Anthony Davis and combine the two and bring them to Boston to get a long term. But where I've changed my mind since Monday is that I don't think that you should add, I don't think you should add Jason Tatum to a trade package for Anthony Davis. I think you should put your foot down on that. So, Jason Tatum, I told you Monday, he's untouchable. Unless one thing could happen. You get Kyrie to an, to an extension, and you trade for Anthony Davis, and he agrees to an extension before the trade. Then you would add Tatum. I've changed my mind. Tatum, he's still untouchable to me. He's untouchable under all circumstances. You cannot have him. Control what you can control if you're Danny Ainge this summer. And the only thing you can really control right now is Jason Tatum. Keep him. Hold on to him. Don't add him to a trade for Anthony Davis. If the Pelicans want him, even if you come to that agreement with Anthony Davis long-term, even if Kyrie Irving is sticking around, you keep Jason Tatum and you say to the Pelicans, we believe we are giving you a trade offer without Jason Tatum. We're still giving you an offer that's better than anybody else out there. It's better than what the Lakers are offering you. 
It's better than what the Knicks are offering you. It's better than anybody else. Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, the Memphis pick, a couple other draft picks. That that on its own, just really just Jalen Brown on its own is better than what the Lakers offered you. Is better than what the Lakers offered you. And we're adding, you know, again, Rosia. We're adding, who knows? The Memphis pick could be unprotected by 2021. That could be a that could be a top pick. That could be a, one of the top picks this year. Could be a top five pick. So, you know, I, I think that the Celtics are they're in a great position. Even if they don't add Tatum to a trade. You know, everybody says, well, you wouldn't give up Tatum if it means for Anthony getting Anthony Davis. And you know what? The more I've thought about it, I've said, let me counter your question with a question. You mean to tell me that the Celtics couldn't trade for Anthony Davis without putting Tatum in a package? I think they could. I think they got to try. I think they got to put their foot down. If these players are all going to control their own destinies and where they're going to go, then Danny Ainge needs to sit back and say to himself at some point, well, you know what? I control something too. And what I control is Jason Tatum, a superstar player who's 20 years old, who averaged, what, 36, 37 minutes a game in 19 playoff games last year at 19 years old? Um, 19, 20 years old, still in diapers, bringing us to game seven of the East, Eastern Conference Finals? I'm going to move him? Like, I, no, I'm just giving you a pretty good trade package. Really, I, I mean, the Memphis pick and Jalen Brown alone, I think that's better than what the Lakers are offering. So, then you add Rosier to the mix. You know, talk about someone else if you want. I, you can make it happen. You got to put your foot down on, you got to keep Jason Tatum. You got to keep Jason Tatum. I've told you for a while, I think Tatum's untouchable. But there was one circumstance that I told you on Monday that, all right, maybe you, you should trade him. I'm, I'm backing off of that. Uh, Tatum is untouchable. You can't have him for anything. For anything. Celtics need to control what they can control, put their foot down, stand firm. We're not giving you Jason Tatum. We're not. We're not going to do it. All right, you can send him to LA. Wait, you guys want to deal with LeVar Ball? All right, fun. Good, have fun. Have fun dealing with LeVar Ball. That should be a blast. That sounds like a fucking blast. Yeah, he's a he 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 seems like, you know, a real normal dude that you would want to talk to all the time. He's a guy that you definitely want to bring to New Orleans and talk to the media there. Oh yeah. He, no, he's easy to deal with. No, t- try it out. No, take Lonzo Ball. No, have him. No, the, the fam- their family's fine. You can deal with them. That's not a big deal. No, go ahead, try it out. Try it out. You thought this Anthony Davis stuff? Oh no, that's no, take the ball family. No, that'll be fun for you guys. You guys will have a blast with LeVar Ball. Yep. Oh, I haven't even mentioned Lonzo yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's got a, no, he's got a nice jump. <laughs> he's got a good-looking jump shot. Oh, take that deal. You can take the Lakers deal if you want. You don't, have, you don't need to take Jalen Brown. No, you don't need to do that. Or oh, Terry Rozier, two players that, you know, stepped up in a big spot last year as kids and went to Game 7 of the East Finals. No, have fun with the ball family. That should be a blast. That should be a blast. Look, the Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge needs to, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm pissed off right now. Like, I'm, I'm pissed. Because you've, you've made moves to put the team in a great situation, in a great position, right? You've made, and, and again, that's not to take Danny Ainge, that's not to let him off the hook. I told you on Monday, I, I think, 
you know, he needs to take some of the blame here for some of the issues that are going on because maybe he should have seen some of this stuff coming. But, you know, what's done is done. The trade deadline has passed, and now you gotta let it you gotta let it play out. Right? You gotta let it play out. And on July first, you know, we'll we'll get a better understanding as to, to what road they're gonna go down. But at some point, if you're Danny Ainge, you're like, you gotta you gotta just say, listen, I have made trades to take great draft picks that have not disappointed. And then I've made other trades to get star players. And I have an opportunity to add another star player on top of that. I got a good young coach. Uh, We got a fan base that is hungry, that loves this team. We got a building that is rocking. I got everything going for me right now. And yet it seems like this just, this, it's just a headache. It's like, why is this a headache? It's because everybody around me is trying to control this thing for me. And in reality, the players do control it. So it's time for Danny Ainge to put his foot down and say, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to control something real quick. I'm going to control something. And what I'm going to control is the fact that I I decided not to take Markel Fultz. I traded down to three, and I saw something that nobody else saw. And I traded for basically a, a kid who I think is going to be an all-star in whether it's next year or the year after that and the type of player that other All-Stars are going to want to come play with to have a chance to win a championship. And that guy that that I saw, that nobody else saw, that I traded down for, that guy is Jason Tatum. He's in diapers. He's a beast. He can shoot. He's got handle. He can get to the basket like no other. I mean, there's really nothing to, to dislike about his game. He's a stud. And I'm going to trade that. I'm not going to trade that. If there's anything I control, it's that I'm not trading Jason Tatum. But I will trade trade Jalen Brown. I will trade Terry Rozier. I will get rid of the Memphis pick. I will trade any draft pick that you want. In fact, I might be able to make a move to get you another draft pick in order to keep Jason Tatum. But here's the one thing you need to know if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. Jason Tatum's not going anywhere. You guys can try to, you know, you can have Anthony Davis's agent out there throwing shit around to try to, you know, get the leverage on certain things. You know, Kyrie Irving can can try to come to me and say things and he can tease certain things out there. I'm sick of this shit. Here's the deal. We want to build the champion in this town with this basketball team and we're going to do it by keeping Jason Tatum. And if you want to be part of that, let's go. Kyrie, we can give you more money than anybody else. Anthony Davis, you want to be a part of that? Let's go. Give us a 24-hour window to talk about a long-term extension, and we will be the favorites to win the title with the big three of Kyrie, Anthony Davis, and Jason Tatum. New Orleans, you want to make this happen? If you don't, have fun with LeVar Ball because where else are you going? Either that or Jalen Brown in a great trade package from the Celtics or Anthony Davis is going to walk for nothing. You know, Danny Ainge needs to be a bad motherfucker with some of this stuff. And and I I I think he I think he needs to put his foot down. And the one thing he needs to put his foot down on is really the only thing he can control between now and the beginning of next season, which is Jason Tatum is not going anywhere. Not even for Anthony Davis, because we believe that our trade package for Anthony Davis without Jason Tatum is better than any other trade package that's being offered to you around the league. And that's really the truth. You know, unless somebody really gets nuts, you know, unless someone really gets nuts, I don't, I honestly don't, 
I don't think anybody can beat what the Celtics can offer, even if they don't put Tatum in a deal. So that's where I, I changed my tune for Monday. I told you, yeah, he, Tatum's untouchable. Told you on Monday, he's untouchable. But there's one thing that could happen. Eh, I, I changed my mind about that. And I put it in the column for today's Boston Metro. It's that, you know what? Fuck that. Tatum's not going anywhere for anybody, for anything. He's Oz. We're keeping him. He's a stud. We have other players. If you, you know, it's time for the Celtics to take some leverage back. That, that's what it's time for them to do. And uh, and I think Danny Ann should do it. I think he could do it. If he, if he puts Tatum in a trade package, I think that's a mistake. Hold on to Tatum. Hold on to Jason Tatum. So that's my Celtics stuff. But the Celtics drama, I mean, it is All-Star weekend. Will Kyrie play? Will he not play? You know, people will have a strong reaction to that in this town. I want him to play. It's a recruiting competition, and I want the Celtics recruiting. That's it. I want him playing. I want Kyrie playing. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And if he's not, is it going to be because he played in an All-Star game? I don't think so. I don't think so. I really don't. So, um, there's my NBA thought. So, there's one other NBA thought, and this will bring me to the NFL. I read a report today that the NFL is trying to replace Roger Goodell with NBA Commissioner Adam Silva. Now, this is just, I guess... I read a story on ESPN.com. Sources told them a handful of NFL owners have approached Adam Silva about replacing Goodell. I don't know if that's imminent. I don't know if that's a couple of years down the road. I don't, I don't know. But they have approached him. And Adam Silva has responded saying he has not thought twice about anything other than the NBA. About anything other than running the NBA. Um, I don't know that I believe Adam Silva. But I will say that I... I don't think Roger Goodell's going anywhere. But I was, I, I didn't know that was a thing. The NFL trying to get Adam Silva to replace Roger Goodell. Apparently, some owners at least are trying to make it happen. So we'll keep an eye on that. The NFL, we are one month away from the official start of the new league year on March 13th. That's when free agency begins. In the NFL, uh, that's when you'll have most of the movement. Then we'll have the NFL draft on April 25th. Then, before you know it, we'll have training camp in July. And I know, I'm rushing your life away. I get it. But since I last talked to you, there have been a couple big NFL moves. And the Patriots, as I told you in the intro, maybe, maybe might get involved in a couple of these names. The first is Demarius Thomas. The Houston Texans released Demarius Thomas earlier this week. Uh, he had, what do you have, I think one more year left on his contract for big money. It wasn't guaranteed. They cut him. Now, Demarius Thomas, in December of last season, this past December, I think it was week 16 or so, Demarius Thomas tore his Achilles. And this isn't the first time he's torn his Achilles. He's 31 years old. He suffered a torn Achilles his rookie year in the NFL. And if we're going to judge by that recovery timetable, it took him six months to recover from that. Now, if you want to say this is going to take him six months to recover again, then obviously, you know, we're looking at right now, February, we're talking about the beginning of the regular season. Maybe he misses a couple of weeks of the regular season. Um, but it would put him on pace. If we're going by that that timetable from his rookie year, six months to recover, then we're going by, you know, if we're going by that pace, then you'll he'll be able to play next year. Maybe not week one, 
maybe not week two, but but you hope by maybe week three, week four, uh, and, and the and the at least the first half of the season. So, some people are looking at Demarius Thomas saying, "Well, he's thirty-one, another Achilles tear, eh? He might be done." I don't know that. I mean, I don't I don't know that he's done. I mean, we're looking at a guy here in New England with Julian Edelman. What he tear his ACL? Uh, and then he comes back, and next thing you know, he's you know, he misses a whole season. He comes back. Next thing you know, he's Super Bowl MVP. I mean, let's not. Uh, it's a different time, all right. There are d- guys heal from stuff much better now than they did even five years ago. And uh, I just think there's better supplements. There's better medicine. There's I know some people say better better medicine. <coughs> sure, fine, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there, but the fact of the matter is, there is. And guys are able to heal quicker. I do not think Demarius Thomas is done. Put it this way. It wouldn't be because of the Achilles tear, because of his his history with it. I don't think it would be an an expensive deal to bring him into your team. And when you look at the Patriots, you know, who knows? They could be looking for offensive help. I mean, the Patriots have some questions. You talk about Josh Gordon. There was a report this week that Josh Gordon is going to get a Super Bowl ring. He's going to get a Super Bowl ring. I mean, look, I think he should get one. I mean, he he definitely was a major contributor to a team that, you know, ended up getting a first-round bye, which is huge, which is huge because you get the home game and a divisional round to go along with the first-round bye. So you got that game at home against the Chargers, right? That was huge to get that game at home. And Josh Gordon played a major role in helping the Patriots get that. So... And that played a major role in helping the Patriots win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think it's good that Josh Gordon gets a ring. The question now is, well, there's a couple questions. One, will Josh Gordon even be reinstated next season? He was suspended for violating the league's substance abuse policy. You know, he had to step away from the Patriots. He's currently rehabbing in Florida. People say that rehab is going good. They say he might even be ready for camp. The question is, will the league think he's ready for camp? Like, will the NFL reinstate him? You know, this is not his first offense. This isn't even his second offense. I mean, Josh Gordon, I don't. I just don't know that the league's going to just let him back in with open arms. Like, I just don't know that that's going to happen. But let's say it does. The next question is, will the Patriots even keep him around? Yeah, I, I know they're, they're paying for his his recovery right now, his recovery program, right? Um, I I don't know. Do they have to legally? I, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Let's say they're not. Let's say they don't have to legally. Let's say they're just doing it because they, they, you know, they're good people and they want to see him get better. That doesn't mean, that doesn't guarantee that by the time the NFL season starts, they're going to say, hey, Josh, come on back in and play a major part in our offense. You know, I just, I don't know about that. So if they are going to part ways with Josh Gordon, you'd like to see the the Patriots do something to, to maybe replace him and bring someone in. And if you wanted to just take a flyer, on someone that wouldn't be expensive for you, and it would be sort of a low-risk, high-reward type of deal, I would say all signs point to Demarius Thomas, not just because he's a free agent now, he's been cut by the Texans, but also because the Patriots have been linked to Demarius Thomas as recently as this past trade deadline. Patriots wanted, according to reports, they wanted to trade for Demarius Thomas. The price needed to be right. And who knows, maybe the Achilles tear is a blessing in disguise for the Patriots and how they value Demarius Thomas, because maybe now they get the, maybe not now they can get him at the price they want, and and 
for people who say, well, he'll never be 100% again, or he, you know, he's never going to be the same guy that he was. Look, the Patriots do things with guys that sometimes you just can't explain. And they put certain players in position to succeed regardless of what other, you know, unknown situations are going on with them personally or with the team. I mean, the Patriots always seem to find a way to put a guy in the right spot. And if it's for the right price, at the right price, I think the Patriots will make the move. So you could see Demarius Thomas in a Patriots uniform. I I don't rule that out one bit. Only because I think they're gonna they're gonna really like the price they can get them at because I don't think teams and again this might be the Patriots playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. You know the rest of the league is out there saying, "Oh, 31, another Achilles tear. We're not we're not even gonna we're not even gonna bother with him." Patriots are sitting there going, "Oh, we'll take him, we'll take him." And behind the scenes, they're just loving it. They're going, ah, oh, we're going to put him in position. of not, We're going to make him a beast again, right? We're going to do some things with him. He's going to be a beast. He's a physical specimen. We'll get him right back out there. He'll be ready by week three, week four. Oh, it's going to be great. Do you rule that out with the Patriots? I do not rule that out. So I think Demarius Thomas is a possibility. So that's that's one move that was made this week. The other move is Antonio Brown has requested a trade officially, and then he tweeted a goodbye to Pittsburgh. It it wasn't the most sincere goodbye, but it was a goodbye nonetheless. Antonio Brown, he's available. You can have him. You got to trade for him. The question is, will the Patriots, one, will they want to trade for him? Two, if they did want to trade for him, would the Steelers really trade Antonio Brown to the Patriots? Would, 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 would Pittsburgh trade Antonio Brown to the defending champion New England Patriots. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. Um, you know, there's always the the offer that you can't refuse, I guess. There's always a possibility with anyone. But are the Patriots going to be the team that gives the offer that you can't refuse? Probably not. I would love to see Antonio Brown in a Patriots uniform. And you know what? If the Patriots did do something like that, then I think I think we could sit here and say, Wow, they're gonna take one more shot at a perfect season. Like, like that's that's when you begin to have that conversation. Like, because in the back of my head, I always think like, I wonder if they would ever consider like really going for it. And we people have talked about it in this town. And it's like, well, would they make that huge trade? All right, a couple of years ago, they they made the Brandon Cooks move. Um, but he's not Antonio Brown. You know, there's still a difference there in talent. Antonio Brown is elite of the elite. And, you know, if the Patriots went out and and gave the Steelers an offer they can't refuse for Antonio Brown, then I think we can sit here and have the conversation. Are the Patriots dead set on on completing the perfect season? You know, completing the 19 and all instead of the 18 and 1. You know, the 19 and all that they could smell that was right there for the taking. And then the oh, the, the Tyreek catch. Oh. Uh, sorry, I just, you know, just, it sucks to think about that Super Bowl against the Giants, but uh, it's reality. But I also think reality is the Patriots will not acquire Antonio Brown. They're more likely to take the flyer on Demarius Thomas, but I think that's very likely, actually, especially considering that the Patriots were linked to Demarius Thomas. I think that's very likely. So we'll see what the Patriots do. Not only do the Patriots have those decisions to make, you know, with Josh Gordon and then some guys that might be available. 
Um, people talking about maybe Danny Amendola bringing him back. Eh, I don't know about that. Um, what about Gronk? You know, we're going to talk about Gronk as well. I mean, I think Gronk's coming back. But, and I told you he was coming back last year too. And I'll, I'll tell you that again. I think Gronk's coming back. I don't know that you'll see all the drama that you saw from him this offseason. Excuse me, what you saw from him last offseason, I don't know that you'll see all that drama this offseason, this offseason from, but you might see a couple reports that the Gronkowski family probably leaks out anonymously saying that oh, Gronk is entertaining the thought of maybe having a mixed tag match with Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series next year and, you know, might be thinking of next year's Royal Rumble or something stupid. And maybe the Patriots will then fold and say, all right, we'll give you the $5 million in incentives. You come back for one season. We'll go after it again. Right? Put it this way. My point is Gronk's going to come back. I'm not going to spend another whole show. I, I spent so... How many shows did we spend, spend last year around this time talking about Gronk's future? And me trying to really just explain to you that he will be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. And I, I will say that again. He'll be back. I honestly believe they'll talk him into it if he's even considering really walking away for good. So whatever happens with the NFL and with the Patriots, if something big happens over the weekend, I'll react to it on Monday. But um, it's freezing in the studio, and it makes me want to think of baseball. And we can think of baseball and pretty soon be able to watch baseball because spring training has begun. Pitches and catches officially reported this week. The Red Sox will have their first official full squad workout on Monday. I mean, everybody's down there already. They'll have their first official full squad workout Monday. The first exhibition game for the Red Sox is next Friday, February 22nd, against Northeastern. And then the Red Sox first spring training game, their first Grapefruit League game, will be the following day on Saturday, February 23rd, so a week from this Saturday. So not this weekend, but the weekend after, we'll have actual spring training baseball games to watch, and I assume those games will be on Nesson, so that'll, you know, you'll be able to really uh, at least watch other people be warm <laughs> than, than actually feel warm yourself uh, in the freezer cold there. But, um, you know, I think we got some more snow next week. Is that what we got? More snow? I can't complain too much. We've had a, we've had a mild winter. This has not been a bad winter. So I don't want to complain. I'll knock on wood here because I... I if this is the winter that we're going to have, nothing crazy. You know, a couple, couple snow showers here and there. A couple really cold days here and there. Mixing some some 40-degree weather. You know, I'm I'm cool with this. We had a 60-degree day not too long ago. Was it last week? Early last week? 60 degrees or something? Um, I'm not complaining about this winter. But it is still cold, and you still want it to be springtime and then summertime, and being able to watch baseball on TV will at least let you know that it's around the corner. So we'll be able to do that next weekend. Uh, The Red Sox will open the regular season with an 11-game West Coast trip that begins Thursday, March 28th. That'll begin in Seattle. And then the Red Sox home opener at Fenway is Tuesday, April 9th against the Toronto Blue Jays, and that'll be here before you know it. The story... The last couple days down in spring training has, has been the number change from David Price. He goes from number 24 to number 10, and in a press conference he says that he won't, he won't actually explain why he's changing numbers on his jersey, but he said it's easy to figure out. Now, there have been reports since he said that, that it's easy to figure out, and he, he said, you know, it's his big secret, I'll let you guys figure it out. Um, 
he's it, reportedly the number ten is for his son Xavier, who he calls X. That's his I don't know is that his nickname X and his son Xavier is ten. So X is the Roman numeral for ten. I guess that's why he's doing it. Um, what is that? So if it has to do with his age, what's he? Is he gonna is he gonna change his number next year to something? I mean, is he just gonna change his number every year now? I don't think that's why he's changing it. Come on, stop, stop trying to insult my intelligence. Stop trying to insult our intelligence. There's an obvious reason why he's changing from number twenty four to number ten because you go from number twenty four to number ten because the league, not the league, the team tells you. To get rid of 24. That's why. The Red Sox obviously said, you got to ditch 24. He's probably like, why? And they're like, well, we're about to retire it. Maybe it's not this year, but we're at least going to get it off someone's back for a season before we announce it for next year. Right? Let's unofficially retire it right now, and then we'll make an official announcement maybe next season. That's when we'll do it. And number 24, Dwight Evans. And then after that, Manny Ramirez. People wondering, well, will it be retired for Dwight or Manny? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they'll just do both. You can't do one and not the other, right? You know, I get the old school Red Sox fans will say, you guys, it's got to be Dwight Evans. You know, he's a Red Sox. I mean, I mean Manny Ramirez, let's not, let's not devalue the World Series championships that Manny won. Like, World Series championships were awfully tough to come by in this town. I believe it was 86 years, wasn't it? So let's not, let's not just, because we have so many championships in this town, let's not make World Series championships be this regular thing that we kind of roll our eyes at and say, well, we'll try to get, get another one this year. I mean, they're not easy to get. And the Red Sox, for the longest time, it seemed like they were never going to get one again. And when they did... Manny Ramirez played a huge role in that. Twice. <laughs> Twice. On the 4 team, maybe the most memorable Red Sox team there will ever be, and then the most forgettable Red Sox team there will ever be in 2007, which really shouldn't be forgettable at all. When you look at some of those big home runs in the 2007 postseason, you know, that, that image of Manny Ramirez with his hands up in the air as that ball sailed over the monster, and Josh Beckett, just an absolute fucking animal. People forget about him so quick. I It's crazy to me. It's cra- crazy to me. So don't forget about Manny and don't sit there and go, oh, if you're going to retire 24, it better be for Dwight Evans and not Manny. And even though I'm a Manny guy, I will tell you it needs to be retired for Manny, but also you can't retire it for Manny and not Dwight Evans. So they'll do the combo retirement ceremony. More bobbleheads for everyone. More, you know, you do double bobblehead night. The Combo Retirement Ceremony, presented by Combos. They still sell those? I Those things are gross, if you ask me. But, um, you know, they'll, 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 you get my point. They'll figure something out from a marketing perspective, how to make this look good, make this sound good. If you're going to retire 24, I mean, that's on the organization for letting Manny wear it in the first place. I mean, nobody's worn 21 since Clemens. Nobody. You know, and I think the organization, they, and don't tell me they didn't put their foot down on that. Don't tell me nobody's ever wanted to wear 21 in a Red Sox uniform. As far as I know, nobody's won it. I, I haven't seen it or heard anybody, you know, um, I haven't heard anyone 
really say that it's going to be retired. I've asked Sam Kennedy many times on this show. I always ask him every time I say, what's up with 21? You're going to retire 21. And you know, he gives the, the proper public relations answer, because obviously there's an elephant in the room with the Roger Clemens number 21 discussion, which is that he's not in the hall of fame. And you, you wonder, well, why isn't he in the hall of fame? It's because of the performance enhancing drug accusation, um, and it's like, okay. And you know, every time Sam Kennedy, I ask him, he says, uh, well, you know, the standard really is hall of fame and oh, Hey, they retired David Ortiz. <laughs> He's not in the hall of fame. Is he going to get in? I don't know. He's been linked to PEDs. I'd like to see Poppy in the hall of fame, but I mean, he's, he is linked. He has been linked to PEDs. So who knows how that's going to go for him. I'd like to see Clemens in the hall of fame. But, but again, you know, they've been very careful with that answer. However, they have not let anyone wear 21, and they did that right. 21 has been unofficially retired since Clemens left. Since Clemens left. I think they will retire Clemens as number 21, even if he does not get into the Hall of Fame. And I think they should retire 21. I've been saying that for a while. Will they retire 24? You know, there's the elephant in the room with Manny and the PEDs, obviously, too. But you can't do one without the other. It, you know, you can't do one without the other. If you're going to do 24, you have Dwight and you have you have Manny come back and you do it all in one. Maybe you do two separate nights for them. I don't know, right? And you do the number 24 and, and you know, you can do, you know, the Red Sox, they wear the blues and the reds. You can have one number in, in blue, one number in red. You could do something like that. Like, you can get creative with it. Is anybody really going to you have a problem with that? If you do, it's like, get a fucking life. Get a life. I mean, they're, they're both great players. 24 should be retired. I believe it should. I believe it should. Probably, in my opinion, more for championship. More for championships with Manny than, than anything Dwight Evans did. But Dwight Evans was still a great player. You can't retire it for one and not the other. So that's the reason why David Price is not... He can say whatever he wants. He's going to number 10 because they told him to not be 24. They told him he can't be 24 anymore. So obviously, I mean, I'm sure the Red Sox didn't say, well, you have to be number 10. Well, no. David Price said, well, I need to pick a new number. What will that number be? Well, it'll be number 10 because of my son Xavier turns 10. You know, we call him X. X is the Roman numeral for 10. I'll be 10. Sure, that's why he picked 10. But that's not why he's changing out of 24. Get what I'm saying? I think we all know that. But um, some people are some people are wondering what the reason is. It's like, do we really care why he is going to ten, or is the question why is he getting out of twenty four? Who cares why he's going to ten? That's not to disrespect his family or his son. I I don't mean it like that. It's like I I don't ever care why a player wears a certain number, but it is interesting why you would change out of a number that you've had with a certain team and have had success with especially the success that David Price just had, which is that I told you I think he should have been World Series MVP. The question is, why is he leaving the number 24 behind? And I think the answer is the team told him he can't wear it anymore. The reason he's decided 10 out of all the other numbers, I really don't care. I really don't care. You know, there is another thing, though, I care about with this Red Sox team, and that is who's going to close... And yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but 
they the Red Sox don't really have a closer right now, do they? Are they going to go closer by committee? Are they just playing hardball with Craig Kimbrell? I, I know we've all been snoozing on the Major League Baseball offseason because it has been a snooze fest and an unexpected snooze fest. I thought this was going to be one of the more exciting offseasons we've had in a long time. <laughs> it's been the complete opposite. So did I miss a Kimbrell signing with someone? I think Atlanta was linked to him. Um, he didn't sign with anyone, right? If he did, it's a shock to me. He still, you know, it's really just uh, a negotiation. Still, it's like who wants to give Kimbrel the most money <laughs> at this point, and how much money is that? I don't know. I told you last year, towards the end of the year, when people were talking about letting Kimbrel walk, I said, "Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it." You know, don't take a, an elite closer for granted. Don't take that for granted. Don't take don't take it for granted. Um and I mean in a league where you know we're not really talking about salary caps. I know we're talking about luxury tax, but there's a difference between a luxury tax and a salary cap. Okay? Salary cap you can't go over. Luxury tax you can go over, you just get punished financially for it. They got more money than God over there. If if they're looking at Kimbrell going you know, there's a $10 million difference here. Uh, figure it out and bring him back. <laughs> yeah, maybe I missed something. Did I miss something? Is Kimber with another team? If I did, I'm sorry. I The MLB offseason has been fucking brutal. It's been brutal. And I used to love the Major League Baseball offseason. It's part of the reason I got into this business was when we would be able to turn on the 6 o'clock sports center. Da-na-na, da-na-na, and it's like breaking news. You know, Tom Hicks is about to open the checkbook for Joe Schmo, who hit 250 last year with runners in scoring position. Like, you know, this this stuff used to be real. It used to be exciting. Now it's such a snooze fest that there's moves that have been made that I don't even know because it's like we're not even paying attention to it anymore. We've lost so much interest. And that's on the league. And, you know, I think that when they have conversations about what they can do about this, I do think that they'll do something. I, I think they'll come up with a date. They'll come up with a date, a hard date, and they'll say, if you can't, if you don't sign a contract as a free agent by this date, whether that's mid-January, late January, if you don't sign by this date, then you will be punished and suspended for X amount of games during the next season in, in which you do sign. Okay? And if you're punished X amount of games your money's also going to go down in your contract because the team is also going to know that you won't be playing. It's suspension without pay. I, I just, Put it this way. Whether it's that or something else, the league is going to do, they have to do something about this, right? This is too brutal. Too brutal. And the Red Sox, they have to do something about their closer position and their bullpen. Because right now, you look at it, you're like, eh. And I understand the idea of, you know, bullpens sort of creating their own success as the season goes on. I I actually think that can happen. We saw that in 2013. You know, some things didn't work out with certain guys. Hanrahan, Andrew Bailey. Next thing you know, you know, a guy named Koji Uehara is lights out winning a World Series for you. So, things like that can happen. But... You know, if you're able to sign Kimbrell, I, I think you should still do it. You know, it's one, unless he wants, like, this insane amount, you know, still. Like, if he's sticking to his guns on, ins- like, a six-year deal, like, obviously you don't do that. But at some point, the play is going to have to come down. 
At some point, the play is going to have to come down on his on his asking price and the number he is. Because I think that's the holdup with Kimbrough, I would think, is not so much the money, but the years with that money. Nobody wants to pay Kimbrough for five more years. Nobody wants to do that. If a team wanted to do that, they would have done it by now. And maybe they did it. I missed it. He's having snoozing on Major League Baseball. Anyways, um, one last thing before I wrap it up. I got to get out of here. I'm freezing. My studio is ice cold. As you know, I complain about that all the time. If a heating company would like to sponsor the show and put some heat in here for the next month or two, uh, we would love to do that. Anyways, NHL, Bruins. I can't, I can't, I'm going to be fair. I have not spent really any time on the Bruins this season. I have spent very minimal time. So I would be a hypocrite to jump all over the Bruins and David Postonok on the latest bit of injury news. So I'm not, I, I mean, I can't come down too hot on them and spend too much time on it because it's, I think it's unfair. I would be unfair if I did that. Because it's like, oh, Danny, what you don't want to you don't want to follow or mention anything positive. The one negative thing that happens, you're gonna jump all over him for. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it like that. I'm not gonna crush anyone too much like that. But it needs to be brought up when your only All Star tears a tendon in his thumb when he falls late Sunday night, needs to have surgery, and is out indefinitely. David Postonak called General Manager Don Sweeney at 11:30 p.m. on Sunday night to let him know that he really injured his thumb badly because he fell as he was walking to the transportation service that they had after a sponsored dinner. He was with teammates. I don't know if they called the Uber, whatever they did. He was leaving the bar. He was leaving the restaurant, and he stumbled. What's the story? He had too many drinks, took a, took a fall, took a spill, and tore a tendon in his thumb. Had surgery on Monday, out indefinitely. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to be back in two weeks. He might not be back for a month and a half, for crying out loud. Who knows? Who knows? The NHL trade deadline's February 25th. If if there was even more reason for the Bruins to go out and get an offensive play, which they needed anyways, then, you know, this is it. This is the other reason to definitely go out and do it. But, I mean, is there something else that we should know about this David Postonok situation? Like, I, I just, I kind of feel like he's he's getting off the hook here. Like, what if that happened after a week 13 game? Like, what if, what if Gronk, you know, after a week 13 game was leaving a sponsored dinner with teammates and called Bill Belichick at midnight and was like, hey, I need, I need to have surgery on my thumb in the morning. I just took a spill. Like, don't you, don't you think we'd, we'd really be going after that one? We'd really be digging on that one. No, but we hear like Pasternak. It happens to Pasternak, and we're like, oh yeah, probably just an innocent little fall, right? I, I think he's getting, I think he's getting let off easy. But maybe that says more about the popularity of the Bruins. Oh, you know what? Maybe this is more about the popularity of the Patriots. Put it that. Way. Maybe I should phrase it that way. Again, I'm trying to be fair with this criticism. I, I don't want to come out and, and crush the Bruins too much about this because I have not spent much time on them, and I think that would be unfair on my part. Um, however, I have been trying to get a player on my video game show, Pick Up Your Sticks, to go along with my EA Sports partnership and NHL 19, because all I do is see Bruins players tweet about how they love NHL 19, and the Bruins, as a team, won't let me get a player on the show, which is just insane to me. Like, really? We can't make this happen? We can't do this? So... 
I, I guess I got a little chip on my shoulder about that. But even so, I won't crush the Bruins too much. I will just say that uh, I think Postanok's getting off easy because if this happened to someone on the Celtics right now or someone on the Patriots late in the season um, or even someone on the Red Sox, I think I think we'd be going after it and digging a little bit more as to what what happened, why it happened, where it happened, and if it could have been prevented. But anyways, we'll move on. From that, the trade deadline's February 25th in the NHL. So uh, whatever happens there, I'll react to it. Whatever happens this weekend, I'll react on Monday. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, on my website, dannypicard.com. Anywhere podcasts are available, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Monday. 